The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Monday edition of the Leach Report. Happy you guys are on board with us after what was hopefully a full and fun weekend for you. Coming up today, we will talk with Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald-Leader when he was uh, last on with us. He was talking about going down to this AAU event in Birmingham, and it turned out to be quite newsworthy. And we'll talk with Ben about his observations from the games he saw down there and the players that he saw. Mark Story, his Lexington Herald-Leader colleague, will also join us in the second half. And uh, Brian Pettigrew from the Barbasol Championship with a preview of the PGA Tour event that's going to tee off on Thursday uh, here in Central Kentucky. So that's our guest lineup. Let's get right into the Wildcat news of the day. And, of course, we lead off with the news that came out Friday night. Reed Shepard got his scholarship offer from John Calipari. Cal and the entire staff were down at this event in Birmingham, watched Shepard play on Friday, and then made him the offer. Fourth one they've extended in the class of 2023. A lot of recruiting pundits already projecting Reed Shepard to UK. Uh, He's got uh, several other offers, so we'll see if he wants to to take his visits. Um, I think... uh, Obviously, you can understand why Kentucky's the favorite, but just put yourself in the position of being a uh, young man who's um, going into his junior year of high school, and you want to try to win a state championship with your team, so that's on your mind, and you want to you know, make your college choice. So do you want to do it quickly if it's if it's Kentucky and just do that and then, um, you know, take take it from there, or do you want to take some visits? And I, I would be kind of thinking he'd probably want to take some visits, see what's uh, what the uh, different uh, settings are, and does he want to follow in the footsteps of his parents to UK? Um, and I, I'd say probably a good chance that he will do that, but we'll see how it all plays out. But at least the offer has been extended. It's what everybody was worked up about. But basically, Cal handled this as he he does with recruits. He waited till he saw the player play in person and then was convinced that what he had heard was in fact accurate and he wanted to reach Shepard to be a wildcat so the offer has been extended and it uh, that particular talking point is off the table game three of the nba finals last night went to the bucks in decisive fashion 120 to 100 devin booker struggled uh, 10 points three out of 14 from the field i didn't get to watch much of this so i don't know in particular, what the Bucks did, but obviously he was off to a great start in games one and two, so whether it was just a bad night for Devin or something that Milwaukee did. Now we'll see how he bounces back in uh, in game four. Uh, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo for the Bucks, uh, LeBron, Shaq, and now Giannis are the only three players to have a consecutive forty point double doubles in the NBA Finals. And so game three coming up on Wednesday night. Couple of recruiting notes: uh, three-star wideout uh, Jeremiah Dillon from the state of Mississippi chose Ole Miss over UK. There had been some picks for the Wildcats in that one. Obviously, just a commitment at this point. 
the thing you know for Kentucky pursuing a wide receiver, particularly one out of state, is you're selling more at this point a, a vision of the offense for a wide receiver uh, than what they actually have seen on the field. So once Kentucky gets this new offensive system out on the field and people see it, and if it works really well, maybe a, a player like this flips a commitment or you get somebody even better. So um, I think that's going to be the uh, interesting thing to watch is if Kentucky really steps it up in the passing game, that could certainly impact the uh, recruiting, and you're not selling so much as a vision as you are actual performance. On the basketball recruiting side, UK commits Sky Clark uh, has a partially torn ACL. He's going to be sidelined for the rest of the summer. Links to the stories that we talk about each day, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page. That's at TomLeachKY.com. Coming to you from the Clark's Puppet Shop Studio here in Lexington. And Ben Roberts from the Herald Leader will join us when we come right back. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. We go to the drinksword.com hotline and bring on Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader. Sorry, I had to cough. And KentuckySports.com, who, uh, when he was last on with us, was talking about heading down to this AAU event in Birmingham to see uh, live basketball action and all of these prospects. And boy, did it turn out to be a newsy weekend for you. <laughs> yeah, a few things happened down there while we were there. Yeah, let's start with uh, Reed Shepard getting the offer that a lot of Kentucky fans had been clamoring for. This is, I, I said this earlier, you can uh, confirm if I'm if it's accurate, that this is typically the way uh, Cal handles recruiting, is that he usually likes to see a guy play in person, not always, but usually before he extends an offer. Yeah, it is, and it was, um, you, you know, I talked to, to both uh Jeff Shepard and Stacy Reed Shepard down there, both before and after, um, he, he got that offer. And, uh, you know, Jeff, before it happened, was, I mean, they, they just had a lot of really great perspective about the whole thing. And, you know, they, they were the ones kind of trying to tell people, you know, let's, let's take it slow here. He's got two more years of high school. There's no, you know, we're not upset or anything that there hasn't been an offer. Cal has never seen him play. Um, you know, where everybody's going about this process the right way. And, uh, his mom actually pointed out when I talked to her after he got the offer that, that he didn't, she didn't really shoot that well. And when Cal was, uh, was watching Reed play, um, and, and they were, they were a little surprised, it sounded like that, um, he, he got it so soon, uh, but obviously very, very grateful and thankful and, and, and very excited. You, uh, saw Reed in person for, what I'm, I'm sure I don't know if you saw all of his games, but several of them this weekend. Um, what what did you see in his game? Anything that's uh, different from what you'd seen him in his high school games to this point? Yeah, I saw him for his first four games before I headed back to uh, to Lexington. And what really stood out to me is there was only one of those four games, um, and really only a half of one of those four, uh, a half among those four games that he shot the ball well. Uh, and that was the one where he had five threes in the first half with, with Orlando Antigua watching. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people saw on Twitter and, and elsewhere over the weekend. But what stuck out to me among the other games was how he played within himself uh, when a shot wasn't falling. Um, 
first of all, he didn't force shots. Even the game I saw him go by my county went one for eight in the last game I saw before I headed home. And all of those shots were within the offense. All of those shots were good shots. Uh, you know, there was nobody who was watching that game would have thought that he was, you know, just jacking up shots to, to try to get hot or anything. They, they all came naturally. But the biggest part for him was when he wasn't shooting well, he was really passing the ball. I mean, they didn't take official stats at these games, but he had to have, you know, been approaching six, seven, eight assists and a lot of them with, with a lot of other, a lot of other great passes that, that could have been finished that, that weren't, that could have been assists. And he just, you know, he played defense. He didn't let missed shots affect the way he was playing on the other end or even offensively. Um, he just played basketball very well and played within himself. And, and when he wasn't hitting, just found a way to do three or four other things really, really well. And that's something that his mom said that, that, that John Calipari brought up when he when he called him and gave that offer. He said, you know, I, I know you weren't hitting last night, but I was really impressed with this and that and, and all these other things that you did. When uh, we're talking about prospects, there's a, several top prospects in the junior and senior class in Kentucky and high school, boys high school basketball. But uh, we're going to talk about – Reed Shepard's going to get talked about, obviously – the overwhelming amount number one he's as an offer now from kentucky but even if somebody else gets one because he's the son of two former wildcat greats and um it's it's going to be a a big story for kentucky fans much like it was you know for tim couch in football or rex chapman or richie farmer or you know when when players get that uh, legendary status in the high school ranks in this state it's uh, it's kind of a different deal isn't it it is, and yes, and then especially with the angle with both the parents, I just don't really know that there's ever been a situation quite like this where you, I'm sure there hasn't, where you've got both parents who were such, you know, great players in, in Kentucky's uh, program, and then their son looks like he might even be even better than, than, than they were, and then is certainly getting a lot of the national buzz right now at, a, at an earlier age than, than they did. I, I asked Jeff when he got his Kentucky offer, and he said it was the summer going in before his uh, after the summer before his senior year. And I pointed out that you know that uh, that's a year later. The Reed Reed beat him by a year. <laughs> he he laughed at that and looked a little and then not not annoyed, but he was like, man, he he, really, he did he really beat me. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be written about. It's going to be talked about. And and that was another thing that they all three of them really had the perspective of you know. We all grew up around this. We've been around this. Reed's lived this his whole life. Uh, we know it's going to happen, and we understand that everybody, you know, wants to know about this and wants to follow this, and, and we're just going to embrace it as, as best we can. His parents will uh, do all they can to, to keep him grounded, but it's going to there's going to be a lot of uh, fun of, of the next two years if he if he competes if he commits to Kentucky or not. Either way, that's the big story, and. People, you know, will other players will come at him. Uh, it, you know, it'll be a, a thing that uh, other other players uh, get into when they're playing uh, against uh, Reed uh, because of all the attention. Um, and so he'll uh, he'll be battle tested by the time he gets to college, wherever he goes. He will, and that's something that, that actually already happened. And it sounded like my, maybe lit a little fire under him uh, Saturday. You know, all these benches and everything are kind of right where you can walk up on them, and fans and coaches and, and media could walk right past when people were talking. And uh, multiple people told me that the second team he played, the coach was trying to kind of fire up his guy, saying, you know, this 
this kid on the other side, this kid thinks he's going to Kentucky, and they're talking about how he's going to end up, you know, playing for Kentucky, and you know, kind of let's let's show him what we're all about, and then. Reed goes out and drops 23 points on him in the first half and gets a Kentucky offer three hours later. So, and and his team won the game. So, so that coach's uh, pregame pep talk didn't didn't work out so well. And and I'm sure he's going to be on the other end of that. Uh, just about every game he plays for, for the next couple of years. Did uh, he or his parents talk at all about uh, how this process might move forward? Is he going to? Does he plan to? Does he want to take all his visits, for example? Yeah, um, yeah, I talked to, talked to them about that and they were, you know, they were genuine and, and talking about how they wanted to go through the process and they wanted to find the best fit for Reed and, and, uh, you know, the best style and the best situation. Um, you know, all that said, I, and I do, I certainly believe them and I certainly believe, uh, they want to look at other schools and, and, and talk to other coaches and they will and they will take other visits. But I, I would be surprised if he ended up anywhere other than Kentucky. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he grew up the way he grew up with the parents he grew up with and the state he grew up with as a as a basketball star from a young age. So uh, it, I think it would be a, a much bigger story if he didn't go to Kentucky than, than if he did at this point. Talking with Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader, and he does the uh, Next Cats recruiting page, among other things. And there were other teams and players involved down in Birmingham. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come right back here on the Leach Report. In the- This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Back with Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald-Leader, uh, talking about the, uh, the AAU event in Birmingham that he covered last week. And I uh, believe I saw in one of your stories, Ben, that uh, the first player Cal watched down there was Chris Livingston, uh, right? Class of 22. Yeah, they... Uh... They came in. The entire staff came in for the right before the first session started, and and Cal and Chen Coleman went over to watch Chris Livingston's game, and then Orlando Antigua and, and Jay Lucas uh, watched uh, Keontae George's game, and then a few minutes into it, Cal, uh, as as this always happens at AAU events when two guys are playing on adjacent courts, found a found a little spot where he could watch both of them at the same time, and kind of played uh, ping pong as the uh, or tennis as the the college coaches say, where he was kind of. Just bouncing back and forth, uh, turning one way or the other to, to watch both guys. But yeah, and, and then uh, and then Orlando also watched Chris um, the second day uh, in both of his games. So yeah, he's a you know they had him on campus last month. He's a huge, huge target, top five recruit in that twenty two class. Um, he there was a mix up with his like his eligibility with the AAU team early on. He only. He only found out five minutes before his first game that he was actually going to get to play. Was not out for warm-ups until about two minutes before. And, and frankly, really played very poorly in that first game. And you could understand after you, after you found out the circumstances. But then he really picked it up as the week went on. Um, really, really impressive player. We'll, we'll see what ends up with his recruitment. He's got a little bit of a family connection to Kentucky, right, Livingston? Yeah, his aunt. Um, I met her... Friday morning, there was there were a couple women with UK t-shirts on, just kind of hanging out. There was hardly anybody in the gym, and I went over and 
introduced myself and said I was from Lexington. And it was uh, Lisa Livingston who ran track in the 90s at UK and is Chris's aunt and told me that she still lives in Lexington. And they, you know, I, I think it was a little playful. Obviously, they want Chris to pick the situation that's going to be best for him. But, but they were decked out in UK, you know, blue and white up all you know head to toe and cheering them on from the sidelines and uh you know obviously she lives in lexington i think she'd love to see her nephew uh come to play for kentucky and and live here so she was she was a lot of fun to talk to and and chris was kind of laughing about it a little after the game too uh so uh and actually i think she went on the official visit um met him over there and kind of did the tour and everything when they came down from ohio uh to do that a few weeks ago uh, what uh, are you hearing about uh, Jalen Duran and uh, his recruitment by Kentucky and others? Yeah, uh, he was playing up, I believe, in Pennsylvania over the weekend. And I know Cal Penny um, and Jim Laranega from Miami all saw him play. Uh, Larry Brown was also there, new New Memphis assistant coach. You know, he was still, but he was still the talk of the Adidas thing, even though he's a Nike kid and, and obviously wasn't there. Um, it was strange because usually at this stage in a recruitment, when you're around as many in the know people as we were around uh, over the weekend, you kind of get a better sense for where a kid's going to go. And I didn't really get that with Jalen. Um, you know, depending on who you talk to, you're kind of getting a little different story every conversation. Which, which again, at this stage in the recruitment's a little, a little strange. It kind of tells me that that nothing is quite finished yet. Um, you know, I will say I did not hear as much Kentucky talk uh, this past week as, as I was hearing maybe two, three, four weeks ago. Uh, there was a lot of Memphis talk. There was actually a little more pro buzz than I was expecting to hear. Um, I just don't, you know, I don't think many people have a great feel, but it, it was probably more Memphis than anything uh, from, from what I was hearing from, from talking to multiple people. Uh, you can read the coverage of this event, uh, Reed Shepard, Chris Livingston, Keontae George, and the rest at KentuckySports.com on the Next Cats recruiting page. Ben Roberts, thank you for the time, sir. Yep, thanks a lot, Tom. It's uh, Ben Roberts. It's uh, at Ben Roberts HL, I believe, on Twitter, where you can follow. Yep, at Ben Roberts HL. And that's how you follow on Twitter to keep up to date on the recruiting scene for Kentucky basketball. We're halfway home on this edition of the Leach Report. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Their new downtown Lexington location is open now. Drinks and snacks. Pick them up downtown. The corner of Maine and Felix. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Second half of our show for this Monday as we go back to the DrinkSword.com hotline. Brian Pettigrew joins us from the Barbasol Championship, which is going to tee off on Thursday at Champions Trace here in central Kentucky, uh, just across the Fayette-Jessman County line. But, Brian, today you guys have a, a qualifier going on for to fill up the tournament, right? We do. Uh, we'll get our last four professional golfers in uh, this afternoon. They're um, playing down in Richmond today. How many players are in that? I haven't got the latest list lately. Uh, I know we had a uh, pre-qualifier last week that was uh, pretty full, and then they said there was a lot of uh, entries for this one, but I haven't seen the final number on it. 
Uh, tell us about, uh, other than these last slots, uh, about the, the field that will take the course on Thursday at Champions. Yeah, so we got Richie Rorzinski. Uh, he's, uh, one of the, he's probably our top, uh, FedEx Cup, uh, points player, uh, coming in. And, uh, we got, uh, John Daly, Jason Duffner, um, Jim Herman, our, our defending champions coming back. He's been playing good lately. And, uh, then we, of course, we've got our uh, Kentucky guys uh, like Josh Teeter and uh, Stephen Stallings Jr. So we've got some pretty good uh, Case Cochran, good good guys from Kentucky that will be representing us. For as long as he plays professional golf, I suspect John Daly will always draw a crowd, right? <laughs> of course, of course he will, and you, he's. Uh, He's just a, got a great personality, and people love being around him and following him on the golf course, and uh, so we're glad to have him coming in. A uh, good bit of uh, rain here lately. How's the course looking? The course looks unbelievable. It is it is beautiful. If it doesn't rain anymore, this week will be perfect, uh, but it looks amazing. Uh, it's just been the right enough rain in June and early part of July, and so... Now we're now we're about where we don't want it to rain anymore. I, you know, I looked at the forecast; we might get a few sprinkles here this week, but uh, it looks amazing. We'll keep our fingers crossed for a good weather run for the tournament uh, that'll tee off Thursday morning. Um, tickets, I'm sure, are still available. Um, fans that haven't taken advantage of getting their tickets yet, what do they, what do they do to get out there this week? Yeah, you can go on to barbersellchampionship.com. Uh, tickets are still available. Uh, if you're in the military, you're a teacher or a uh, first responder, you can also go on there and get free tickets. There are uh, uh, tickets for those uh, three groups that are free of charge, and you just go on to barbersellchampionship.com for those. Tickets on Thursday and Friday are $30 a person and $40 a person on Saturday and Sunday. Still, have you filled up the volunteer slots, or do you still have looking for people for that? We can always use volunteers. We had, you know, in, in 2019, we had 978. I think we're right around 500 this year. Uh, we usually get a last push these, this week uh, just as people are looking at the weather themselves and saying, do I want to volunteer? Um, so we'll, we'll probably pick up an, a few more this week and get around the 600 numbers probably where we'll land. Uh, what about the TV coverage? Uh, is it Golf Channel? Be on Golf Channel uh, live Thursday and Friday uh, from uh, 5.30 to 7, and then on Saturday and Sunday from 4 to 7, it's live on Golf Channel. It's a great combo for golf fans because the British Open will end before the Barbasol Championship starts. You got it, and that's what Barbasol loves about being uh, opposite the British Open is just how many viewers they get. Uh, that are jumping around between the channels and, and uh, the, the, the having the British Open lead into the Barbersall Championship. Obviously, the pandemic knocked you out last year, but for fans that uh, have been out to this event in past years here in Kentucky, anything that's uh, that's different, new and improved, et cetera? So we've got a few uh, new seating areas uh, that are out on the course, but we've got our uh, Drake. Uh, is is always a big player here with us, and Drake's has got their uh, um, seating area. Uh, there's also a uh, if you're in the military, we've got a military seating area 
that is right on hole nine. And uh, that's sponsored by Galls and a company called Hero Hut. And so uh, those are right around the clubhouse. And then we've got all kinds of new uh, Freshies ice cream, um, all kinds of new things at the concession stands, too. Good deal. Brian Pettigrew, uh, thank you much for the time. Best of luck with the tournament this week. Thanks, Tom. We'll see you out here. It's the Barbasol Championship. Tees off on Thursday. It's uh, Champions Trace over in Jessamyn County. Just a beautiful course. And uh, if you can't get out there, you can tune it in on the Golf Channel this week. We'll take a break, come back, and Mark Story will join us from the Herald Leader here on the Monday edition of the Leach Report Radio Network. Find out more about the Voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. 17 away from the top of the hour, we go back to the DrinkSword.com hotline to bring on Mark Story, columnist for the Lexington Herald-Leader. Hey, Mark, have you heard about this Reed Shepard kid? Yeah, I just <laughs> uh, heard about him for the first time over the weekend. It sounds like he's pretty good. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, you've, you and I have been around long enough that we've seen you know, a lot of these uh, Kentucky high school legendary figures, whether it's Rex or Richie or Tim Couch and... Uh, I'm trying to think of others that um, would come to mind. Um, but uh, what's what's your take on uh, the offer that came Friday? And um, I don't know if you've seen Reed's game, seen him play in person or not, but um, what was your take when you heard the news? Well, I thought all along, um, I've not seen Reed in person. I've seen him several times on stream. Um, I think he's good. I think he's a good player. I You know, I, I thought... Kentucky would offer him. Um, I had wondered a little bit. It seemed to be taking a little longer, but in a way, I think it worked out well because you know John Calipari went to see him play in person. He Reed played very, very well in person. So you know, it sort of you know, it, it's not it, you can't portray it as just you know offering a legacy because he's a legacy. It was a, an offer that was earned, and you know, I think if Kentucky recruits him in such a way that, you know, he and his family are confident he's truly wanted. I would, I mean, I just think there's so much pulling in toward Kentucky that you know, it's hard to imagine that's not where he would end up. Maybe it'll give a little boost to high school basketball in Kentucky over the next couple of years because there's, you know, when there's a player like this, uh, fans, I remember, you know, when Tim Couch came into Lexington and played as a senior, uh, the massive crowd that turned out, I think maybe he was over in woodford county for a game two and just you know huge crowds that would uh, turn out maybe it'll give a little boost to high school basketball in kentucky yeah i think that's possible and you know i'm sure the khsaa would love to have north laurel in the sweet 16 but they're going to have to figure out a way to beat knox central yeah that's going to be a pretty uh, loaded region looks like for a couple of years yeah there's you know there's two players in that region that have uk offers because you know, gavin chadwell at knox mm-hmm. central now, he has a football offer, but you know he's a, he was a freshman last year, so you know that that region is going to be really interesting uh, for the next couple of years. Yeah, it is. They uh, uh, did uh, one of uh, their the one knock central uh, game in the state tournament back in March, and uh, Chadwell had such a, a big tournament. I think he's uh, what only that was he was a freshman, right? So he yeah he was he, a freshman uh, last year, but uh, maybe was uh, a little it took a little while to settle into that uh, big stage at Rupp, but. Yeah, he's got a bright future on either a basketball court or a football field. Yeah, he um, 
you know, I, I know he was in a UK camp, and from I wasn't at that camp, but from what I read online, you know, he was a guy that you know Vince Merrow and you know coached up, you know, pretty aggressively, just in, which would you know suggest they have a sincere and uh, legitimate interest in him too. So, yeah, southeast southeastern Kentucky is going to be the place to be uh, for your high school sports for the next couple couple of three years. Let's shift to uh, the the name, image, and likeness, and we're a little less than. Been two weeks into this now, um, I don't know. I don't know that anybody had a good handle on what it was going to look like when it uh, when it happened, or what it's ultimately going to play out to look like moving forward. But uh, what are your thoughts on what you've seen thus far? You know, I've been kind of surprised that at least locally, it doesn't seem like there's been more kind of big, bigger sort of deals, um, for lack of a better term. You know, it, it, it is amazing because it is just a fundamental change in the paradigm of, you know, how we've always known college sports. And it, it's just kind of amazing to me the way the NCAA has handled it in terms of they, and I guess it's because they just couldn't build a consensus. They couldn't get everybody on the same page. So they, they've wound up reliant on, you know, Congress or, as it turns out, various state legislatures or, in our case, our governor to sort of enact it. It's just kind of amazing you could make be overseeing a change this big and play such a passive role it's a shame for for college sports that they couldn't do that in in recent years and come up with something because uh, on on their side it would have given them i think more of the control they would like to have on it and i think uh on the player side i think players would appreciate a little more structure probably yeah i mean you know you know this is really interesting because it's kind of the wild, wild west, and a lot, it, it, it's the way it's coming down, it, you know, a lot of this is just going to be trial and error and just sort of how things evolve. But, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the, the, because they couldn't build a consensus to act, you know, the NCAA is just punted, and the, the players are operating in a world without much structure. And, you know, they're, you know it's sort of ad hoc state by state at the moment, you know, kind of what you can do and can't do. And I'm sure, you know, the players, even those who have been able to take advantage of this, are have to be a little bit concerned, just, you know, you know where it, eventually there will be a line drawn somewhere, and, you know, where, where is that going to be? And you're not going to want to be on the wrong side of that once there is finally a line drawn. I know you have uh, been someone that has been supportive of this concept for uh, a long time. And I think it's something that, you know, some of, some of the things that are going to happen are things that just should have happened a long time ago where you can, you know, if you're a, a player, you can do an autograph signing or you can do a camp or go back to your hometown and, you know, do camps in the summer. Or if you're, I saw was, there was a player at uh, Marshall, I think maybe from Madison Central, that is in a band and can make some money with his band in the summer, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think of Ali Stumler, who, the Kentucky volleyball player, who was a junior this past year and was just unbelievable in the NCAA championship match. You know, to put it in basketball terms, had kind of a Jack Gibbons, you know, 41 points versus Duke in the finals, you know, that caliber performance against Texas. Well, you know, if she could have gone out and, you know, signed autographs and, you know, worked the clinic circuit, you know, she could have probably, you know, you know, reap some financial benefit from her performance as it is, or at least as it was until July first. You know, she 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 couldn't do that, and you know, some of this I think you know depends on the ability to sort of strike while the iron is hot. And you know, 
I think that going forward will, will be an improvement. And look, there's going to be some things that happen that aren't going to be deemed positive, and you know, and I'm sure there'll be some things. My, I have two two fears for the athletes. Number one is unscrupulous people getting involved because that seems to happen. You know, sports seems to be a magnet for that at times. The other thing I worry about is taxes. I hope the colleges are working with these kids that are signing these deals to keep them on top of the tax ramifications. Yeah, that's you know, that could be a rude awakening for some young men and young women and their families at uh, at yeah, some point no from the IRS. About that. Uh, we're talking with Mark Story from the Lexington Herald Leader. Let's talk about one of the uh, recent columns you did in the uh, Herald Leader at KentuckySports.com about the uh, unusual amount of experience compared to past teams that John Calipari will have. I think uh, you noted two players that have started 100 or more games in their college careers for the first time ever on uh, Cal's Kentucky rosters. I think you know there's no way to look this up because games started is not a stat available all the way back. But if you're just using the game start as that, I think this may be the most experienced team in Kentucky history. I think it's like 367 combined starts. You know, Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz are both over 100 career starts. You have two players, Oscar Shuibe and C.J. Frederick, who have started every college basketball game they've ever played in. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of an astounding level of experience. You know, just, again, based on the metric of you know, total career games started, this is a far more experienced team than either the 96 or 98 championship teams. And, you know, those teams were in an era when, you know, a, a very different era when college players still, you know, stayed in school longer. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an astounding level of experience, you know, especially given kind of the, the recent era where Kentucky has fielded teams with, you know, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It's pretty amazing. Calipari's been outstanding at convincing uh, freshman players to – come and be a part of a of a group effort sacrifice some individual glory perhaps for the the good of the team and then it'll come back to you when the the season is over now it's going to be uh, just kind of interesting very interesting uh, to watch how he manages this uh, with a, a different type of of team but still having to sell the same messages of of sacrifice and you know you're not going to get as many shots or as many minutes as you would want yeah, I think that is, is to use. I would agree with the words you picked. Very interesting to watch. I think you have twelve players, all of whom I think feel like they are legitimate, you know, high-level college contributors. And you know, you, as I mentioned, you've got guys on this team who've never played in a college game without starting. So yeah, how how all those pieces mesh together, and you know, you know, I think that's going to be a coaching challenge. And you know, it, it, it's fat kind of fascinating. Uh, you know, a lot of the issues with last year's roster, which I think we all agree was not, you know, just didn't fit fit very well together and was, was lacking in some areas, uh, they've all been addressed uh, almost to the extreme. If they add Kofi Coburn from uh, Illinois, um, how would that change, or how significantly would that change how you assess uh, this next Kentucky team at this point? Well, I think he's really good, and, I, you know, I think he's, Probably a, a little bit of an upgrade over Oscar Shuibe, similar kind of player. Probably a little better. Um, so yeah, I just uh, I already think I expect Kentucky to be you know a top ten caliber team, and if he comes aboard, you know you would probably uh, raise that estimation a little bit. Yeah, and some of those, all those, you know, everybody's looking for content. So there's the way too early polls that come out, and uh, this was uh, off last season. Uh, 
the the early versions of those um, you know Kentucky typically has a you know one or two ranked recruiting class that uh, has them landed in the top five before a lot of these guys have ever played a game uh, you know Kentucky wasn't up there in those slots in and still isn't in a lot of cases in top tens or top fifteens but um, it's um, so so they're going to come in a l- uh, as maybe a little bit more under the radar than Cal's teams typically do, uh, if that's possible at Kentucky? I think Kentucky has tended to be overrated in the preseason a lot of years. You know, I think based mostly, as you alluded to, on the recruiting hype. I think this year, because last year was such a disaster and because the roster has been constructed in a different manner, I think Kentucky is being a little bit underrated and being a little bit overlooked. And I think people, you know, I think last year was such you know, left such a bad taste that I think pe- I think the brand maybe is a little. Uh, people are are, are underestimating uh, what 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 the current the or the coming team is capable of doing. Yeah, it's kind of I've kind of have felt the uh, the same way. Mark, thank you for uh, the time and uh, have a uh, good rest of your week. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. That's uh, Mark Story from the Herald Leader, KentuckySports.com. On Twitter, it's at Mark C. Story. And we'll close out this edition of the Leach Report when we come right back. This day in 2001, Tayshawn Prince and Keith Bogans announced they were returning to the Kentucky basketball team and taking their name out of the NBA draft. It was called Testing the Waters in those days and so much excitement for that team and then it just never came together it became known as team turmoil all the issues that they had and uh, unfortunately it was a uh, a uh, tough way for Tayshon to go out even though he had a tremendous uh, NCAA tournament with that 40 I think a 41 point game against um uh Tulsa out in uh, St. Louis but Maybe it set the stage for an incredible uh, season the next year, led by Keith Bogans as a senior. Uh, birthdays. Shea Gilgis-Alexander celebrating a birthday today. Former Wildcat basketball player Bernard Cote. Happy birthday to him. That'll do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on...